0: If you want to get involved, please reach out. Together, we can make a difference. You can use my code, Ryan10, for 10% off. You can find them on Instagram at kindfarmsinc, all one word. That's K-I-N-D-P-H-A-R-M-S-I-N-C, and their website is kindfarmsinc.com. Once again, my code for 10% off is Ryan10. And now, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. and actor Fairs, we have truly one of my favorite actresses amy hargraves you know her from films like blue ruin and tv shows like homeland and 13 reasons why she has such an amazing and long career and got started in this business so young and had so many reboots and restarts and pitfalls and rises and she's so honest and open and i'm so grateful amy i love you here it is Amy Hargraves, welcome to an actor despairs. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Hi.
0: Oh, it's such a pleasure to have you on. I've been such a massive fan of yours for so long. I've, You know, yeah, I, I, we were just kind of speaking about the journey of this business and how you can go from, you know, being number one to number 100. But, like, I've watched you crush it for so long. And literally, we're talking about the co-star guest star thing. And then, you know, Homeland, I mean, doing eight seasons. And, and we also talked about how I'm sober and I kind of related to, like, having – My father, who has just kind of been watching me go in and out of it as I did before, I really caught on, and Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. so beautifully playing, you know, the caregiver to your sister in that show. You know, I know how hard that is dealing with mental illness, and then continuing with the mental illness and Thirteen Reasons Why, and then no, it's
1: uh, a theme. Is a theme revealed (laughs) in my work?
0: But then you're in my all-time favorite independent movie Well, I'm not even going to throw that word out there Because that like disqualifies it It's one of my all-time favorite movies, Blue Ruin So, I mean, I'm a huge fan And, and I know you're an NYU
1: alum as well NYU graduate school I know, policy, right? Politics yeah, the political yeah, side. Yeah. yeah, that was kind of when I was, you know, when I was young and, and moved to New York, I'd worked a lot when I was a teenager, but I wasn't quite sure that I was ready to kind of jump into this industry with both feet because it was it was fun and it worked for me when it was a hobby. But yeah. then I kind of I think I, I was just scared. I was scared to say, OK, I'm going to go for this really as a career. It's, so
0: it's I, a hard thing to take that leap.
1: Yeah, so I kind of hedged my bets. And um, I always loved I loved academic learning. I loved the classroom setting. So I applied to I applied to NYU. I knew I was moving to New York. But I was like, you know what, I'll apply to NYU. So I applied to NYU, I got accepted into the graduate program for political science. And I said, Okay, I'll go. So I took all my classes at night for two years. And um, I was still auditioning during the day and working here and there. Um, And then uh, I graduated with my master's two years later. And I, that, then, then I was kind of at the crossroads again, like, oh gosh, what am I going to do now? Am I going to move to DC and become a policy person? Yeah. Is that,
0: is that, that what you think you were going to be like a campaign manager or? Like
1: maybe a pol- behind the scenes kind of policy person. Um, yeah. but, uh, honestly, um, I was really lucky because th- the fates intervened and I booked uh, a film called Brain Scan that was a huge, at the time, huge, uh, Columbia Pictures feature starring Edward Furlong. Yeah, I know. And Frank and, I, Frank I, I and love- Angela and me. In my first kind of major role. And, um, that whisked me off to Montreal for the summer. And I was like, well, this is fun. And so I just never looked back after that. Wow.
0: I, I was such a big fan of Eddie and I, I'm so sorry yeah. he's been struggling, you know, but I, I, I love that movie and yeah, I'm and, not in
1: touch with him, but I, I think he might be, things might be settling down for him. I hope so. I hope
0: so. I've heard, yeah. I've heard from people in, in his camp on both sides, but yeah. it's not about him. It's about you. So let's go back to the beginning. You grew up in New York though, right?
1: I grew up on long Island in rock Rockville center. Rockville center is where I was born, but I, ah. I grew up way out in Suffolk County on the North shore in a town called Miller place.
0: What did your parents do? Um,
1: Well, my mom was a stay-at-home mom of five kids, um, and my dad worked in a family business. They were uh, manufacturers, representatives for the building constructions trade, like roofing materials, skylights, things like that.
0: So, so is, is like is that like middle class Long Island? Or? Oh,
1: 100% percent middle class yeah. Long Island. Just real, you know, nice little simple upbringing. But we had what we needed, and nice little, you know, community, nice public schools, and it was it was a very sweet childhood.
0: So, how did the arts thing happen for you? Like, were you, were, yeah, were well, I think my, you, both my
1: parents are pretty musical. Um, in particular, my mom, she used to sing. She, both of my parents are one of six, like big you know, Catholic family. Oh, so you,
0: you come from big families.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so my mom always used to sing with her siblings. And when we were young, my siblings and I were young, my mom got involved in community theater out on Long Island near um, where we lived. There was, a, there was a, a group called the Carriage House Players in particular that she was very involved in. And my two older sisters and I, as we kind of got older, we, we said we wanted to kind of come and be a part of that. So we you know, audition for the children's chorus and some things. And I did, I did the pajama game. I was in the chorus of that. And I think I, Oh, and then I did gypsy. I was baby June in gypsy. Oh, at court wow. Playhouse.
0: You got, you got a voice.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can sing. Yeah. I um, well, I could sing. I, I don't know. I still can sing. And then, and then during all this time where we were just kind of having fun with it and kind of accompanying my mom who would have a part in the show. Um, there were, you know, there there were these open auditions. They still do these things, but you know, on the news, like, at, you know, be like, oh, there's an open audition for the movie Annie, basically, was yeah. what happened. And what's, what, what's his name? Long Island Hero. Eddie Burns, was he working at this point? Not or? yet. Oh, no, this was no. when I was 10 years old. This was I, because okay, he, got it, got it, it. Got he got a couple it. years younger than me or my age So he would, you know, this was before that. Um, so So
0: Alec Baldwin was the Long Island hero of of you. Yeah,
1: but (laughs) probably not even, he was probably starting to work, you know, but, um, so I went in, I begged my parents, I found, we found out about this, you know, thing on the news and I, maybe people from the, from the community theater mentioned to my parents, like, oh, you should bring Amy, you should bring Amy, my, my music teacher at school, you should bring Amy. So we, they took me into this open audition at the Plaza Hotel. There were, like, li- lines of girls around the block of the Plaza Hotel. They made a whole thing out of it, you know? Did you know yeah. what it was for? It was for Annie. For the film Annie.
0: Oh, for the film?
1: Yeah, for the film Annie in 1980 or 81 or 80s, 80, whatever that was. I was They could young. afford renting out the plaza
0: for an audition? I mean, this was
1: back in the day. This when was they like threw, Albert Finney was doing it. This wow. was huge thing. And, and also it's about the PR value of like, let's find the next. AMA. Yeah,
0: totally. Totally.
1: So I went in and they had immediate like quick cuts where they were like, okay, yeah. Like left, right, left, right, get out. You know, it's like American idol kind of stuff back in the day. And so I, I, I stuck around, they asked me to stay again. Then they gave me like a little scene let to do did the scene. Okay. I got in the group that stayed. So I kind of like stayed for most of the day and then they're like, okay, you have to come back tomorrow. Ah. You need to come back tomorrow. And I was like, "Uh, we didn't have any clothes. We didn't have anything. So I forget what we did. We got a hotel room and stayed over. Came back tomorrow. And then I had a call back for like a week from then. And then I came back in. And then I screen tested. Mm -hmm. I was invited back with a tiny group of girls to screen test for John Houston in a little amphitheater. Yes, the director, John Houston in a little amphitheater somewhere. I don't even remember where I was. Um, They put a little wig on us. Big, big camera lights. It was, it was so exciting and so petrifying. And then they're Do you like,
0: remember I'm, it still to this day?
1: Um, I remember being in the room with John Houston. I remember him talking to me and I remember the yeah. I, I remember how it felt. Um, I remember waiting to go in. And by that, na- by then, the other girls and I had kind of seen each other. It was like the, the group was getting smaller and then it was this little group. So I made friends with a couple of them that I, I kept in touch with for a while. Anyway, we went home and um, waited and waited. And then we got, this was very nice. They sent us a letter saying that I did not, I, I did not get the role. Basically they cast from there. They pulled like Annie and the orphans from that wow. group. Maybe they were maybe 25 of us. Something I they went, it went down to like eight or nine or whatever it was. So I didn't get it. Oh, but you got so, so close! I got so close, and it was the first excellent lesson in showbiz that you know what. There's a lot of nos out there before there's a lot of yeses, and even when you get yeses, there's still nos coming. So it was kind of oh, heartbreaking. God,
0: yeah,
1: See, it was, did humor, Yeah, did it
0: affect you? You know, because like I know when you're a kid, you have that childlike <laughs> sense of wonder. Like I don't feel like you know, literally, the show is called an actor of despair. It's like you don't really understand that emotion yeah. yet. Did you know, like, understand? Yes, of
1: course. I was, I was kind of wrecked. I was kind of wrecked because they were doing this whole thing where we, you were going to go to Annie Camp, like, out. I forget where it was. You had so much to look forward to. We were going to, (laughs) like, do, like, like a rehearsal period for, like, a few weeks. Uh So, yeah, I didn't get to go to Annie Camp, but you know what? That's fine. Um, and did I despair? Absolutely. Um, but it also gave, me, that kind of thing in the back of my mind where I was like, I I know that I did well. And I know that there were 4,000 girls waiting on line outside the plaza. And I was down to the last few, you know? Yeah. So that kind of put a little, a little, you know, inkling or whatever in the back of my mind and my parents' mind. And then we just went back to our lives a year later or so. Um, Mm -hmm. There was another open audition that we heard about for a, a group called it was now I know it was like an equity showcase basically but it was called the it was called Beginnings originally and then it turned into the Professional Children's Review right around the time when I got cast in it. It was this is like OG like there's some Do you know who Carrie Butler is? Sorry I'm jumping yeah. around. Yeah. She's yeah. a, on Broadway. She's an amazing. Yeah. yeah. She was in, there were two rival kids shows. One was at the comic strip on the Upper East Side. The other one was at Catch a Rising Star on the Upper East Side. And it was wow. two musical directors who had worked together and then they got in a fight and then they split. And they had Oh, two, like couple split style? <laughs> two kids shows. Carrie Butler was in the one at Catch a Rising Star. I was in the one at the comic strip, which turned into, it was, it was called the Professional Children's Review. So I went to the open audition. I get cast in this thing. I'm not a professional child. I was like, I I don't know what I was doing there, but I could sing and dance. So all of a sudden I'm I'm in this group, which is afternoons at the comic comedy club, uh, a kid's showcase. We would do like two shows and families would come and watch. And it was all like kind of show business kids. We had a a group number or two at the beginning. Everyone would do a solo. And then we had a group number at the end. Perfect. And it was an equity showcase. They didn't have to pay us, but it was fun.
0: And so you got like an agent or a rep through that, I imagine. Right? Well,
1: that's yeah. You see how that yeah. works. So I'm in. I didn't even know. I was like, yay! And I'm like, Ricky Schroeder came. Sarah Jessica Parker was there. Lori Lachlan came once. I was like, Ooh, she's in jail now. Um, Wait, like, as well, as the kids or as so that, like, just, as the kids? It was this. It was this great concept where there were I think six main roles in the show. There was older, middle, and younger. It was like the Brady Bunch: older, middle, and younger. Girl and boy. Got it. And everyone so if you were if I was gonna be the middle girl, because I was the you know, like ten or twelve or something, I would do the middle girl bits for the opening and closing number and then I'd have my solo. So anyone, as Got long it. as you do the opening and closing, you could drop in. Or if you were really famous, like someone like Sarah Jessica Parker, you just come and do your solo. Got it. Get it? So it was very so it was very clever. Um so I did that show for about a year. Yes, I got a manager. Yes, I booked my first commercial, um, which was a an Underoos commercial. Yes, because I could sing a nice. And dance. I and, hope it's on your uh, reel still. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It is on YouTube, but let's just about that. Oh, every once in a while, some idiot I went to high school with will put it on my Facebook page. I'm like, yeah. Uh, that was That's of amazing. That's <laughs> all. No, I was Fuck you. I yeah, <laughs> know. Kind of. That's amazing. So, yeah. So, that, that was the beginning of me kind of really... Um, and from that point on, then I started to audition, and, and I booked a lot of commercials and voiceovers when I was in my you know teens, basically. So: and um, Did your
0: parents help you navigate the dynamics of the business, or were you kind of figuring out as you went?
1: I think both. I mean, they were I was kind of dragging them reluctantly to the next step every time. You know, obviously, I was a kid. So I needed my mom, mostly my dad helped too, but like to drive me in after school and to figure all that out. And it was a real pain in the ass for them. I'm sure you know, it's a lot of work. And I, I couldn't have done it if my mom had a full time job, you know, but um, you weren't
0: you weren't taking the LIR by yourself, or no,
1: not not yet. When we okay. were, I, my mom would drive me in, and then when I was around sixteen, seventeen, I started to um, hop on the train on my own, or I I bought a car because you know when you're doing in back in the yeah. day, you do a handful of national network commercials. You were like, okay, six figures. I, I bought a little Volkswagen <laughs> Golf when yeah. I was like sixteen and a half. You know, the second I had my license, so I would drive that in and park at the Vernon and Jackson stop on the seven train. Cause you can oh, yeah. park there. I would just street park and jump on the subway coming to midtown. Cause it's just easier than bringing your car all the way in. You know, that was yeah. my, trip. that was my what list. You- there, what- used to, there used to be a $5 all you can all day parking lot. Oh, too, God, I missed that. In Jackson down, like by the tunnel entrance kind of.
0: So. Do you have an idea of what other kind of, like, legit, thing? like, were you doing Broadway, film, TV, or so was it mainly commercials? It
1: was, it was mainly, it was totally commercials and voiceovers, um, and I would audition for bigger things, um, but I never quite stuck it, I, 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 the closest thing that I got to was, um there was a movie with John Voight called table for five. He was like, he played like a divorced dad and he had like five kids, whatever. And I was like yeah. one of those kids. And, uh, I, I screen tested for that. And I met, I read with him and I'll never forget it. Cause oh. I was, I, I was, I was young. I was maybe 12 or 13 and I didn't know who the hell John Voight was. Um, yeah. and I'm going up in the elevator with my mom to like the callback, call callback, callback. And i um, John Voight gets in the elevator. My mom was like, you know, all flustered. Midnight Cowboy, Midnight Cowboy. Yeah. So you know, he was yeah. pretty kind of a looker back then. Um so yeah, I before never I never <laughs> what I said before he got on the Trump train. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um so yeah, I never I got very, very close and never booked anything huge, but um I had yeah. lots of fun. I did an AT&T commercial. We went to Rome for that, you know. I I was doing these huge I would do I did a lot of um big budget song and dance commercials, which they did back then, where you would book the commercial. They would bring you into the recording studio with the orchestra. You would record the track. Then you would go upstate for five days to shoot a a Duncan Hines, crispy, chewy chocolate chip cookie commercial. And you're like, this is a blast. And they're paying you, you know, SAG, you know, for days.
0: Yeah, because they used to be SAG back then. They're not anymore. I
1: mean, are they not, Doug and I? I don't know. No, no, they're not. Yeah. Commercials have kind of gone, you know. Well, there's all these actors working five-core. Don't even get me started.
0: Yeah. Um, well, then talk, talk to me. Even, even though, you know, you're doing commercials and yeah. you had occasional, like, you know, you had the t- callback, callback, callback. Yeah. When, when the college moment came, was there a moment where you're like, maybe maybe I should just keep auditioning? Or no, was it imperative no. to you to go? No,
1: it was imperative for me to to go to school for four years. I, first of all, I wanted that experience. You know, I wanted to yeah. kind of... I wasn't ready to, like, in my mind to kind of move into the city and be, like, living in an apartment when I was 17 and a half. Also, huh. like, because I was the youngest, I saw, like, my siblings all do that. So I think I was like, oh, that's, that's the next step. Um, but I did pick a school in Connecticut that was on the train line to New York. So I knew like, Oh, so you could still get back in if you needed I to. I was thinking to myself, okay, first semester, first year, I probably won't, um, just audition. I'll just kind of be focused on school. But then I know that if I want to, I can be in the city in an hour on the train. So that's what I did. And so Wait, I went to of college. Are you fluent in French? I am. How did it, was that college? How'd that happen? Um, no, it wasn't. I mean, I did take French in college, but I wasn't very good. Um, I, uh, met, uh, a guy and who was French, who, when I went to, I went on vacation the first time in Paris and my mother told me before I left, she said, whatever you do, don't bring home a Frenchman. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I called her like halfway, I was visiting a girlfriend who, who lived there and I, you know, halfway through the trip, I called her and I'm like, Hey mom, guess what? So um, anyway, this man, lovely man eventually moved to New York. We got married, had two kids. Um, years later we got divorced amicably divorced Yeah, um, he lives yeah. nearby we're raising our kids together but of course in the process of being with a French person for a long time um, that's what happens you know and our kids are bilingual so we, we kind oh. of live a, a, a kind of bilingual existence which is good for the brain that's amazing.
0: I, I didn't know if he, if he worked there or how that happened so I no, had to I, ask.
1: I need to let's manifest that because yeah, I Yeah,
0: let's do a, a French movie together. That's always been a dream of mine. Are it. you
1: How about you? Do you speak any French or?
0: No, my last name's Perez. I should speak Spanish, but
1: when I was growing up,
0: I was like, you're you're a white dude. You don't need to speak Spanish. And then I graduated at NYU and you know, then I did, I was getting in nightlife and then I got sober and everyone's like, "Diversity. Do you speak Spanish?" And I was like,
1: Fuck. <laughs> Listen, there's always time. There's always time. Get that, like, Duolingo or whatever. I you know. know. I
0: need to go and move to a Tulum or something and do Univision for a little and while. And just
1: do, like, you know, get in touch with your chi and, and get so, your Spanish on and stuff.
0: So talk to me about that, that college period before we go to NYU. Yeah. Were you doing drama there?
1: I actually did. I never I never really did drama club in high school. or Like, I didn't want to study theater. I made some mistakes. I didn't want we to did. study theater um, in college because I was kind of a bit snobby. Honestly, I was like, I'm already yeah. making a living at this, you know, so I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I mean, I, had, I have good instincts and I've kind of had good luck with that. But there was yeah. so much that I could have learned, you know, uh, kind of more in an, in an academic setting uh, that – I didn't, um, because I'm stubborn and I also am interested in other things. So I was studying other yeah. things that I was interested in, but, um, what I would do in high school and college is whenever something interesting popped up in the theater department or like the drama club or whatever, I'm like, Ooh, I want to audition for that. So like in high yeah. school, they did the wizard of Oz. I'm like, oh, okay. I have to, I have to, I have to audition for that. So I, I did. And I played Dorothy. That was fun. Um,
0: you weren't going to, like, a Long Island LaGuardia, were you? It was just an organization? No,
1: no, just no. a regular old public school, yeah. Okay,
0: that's amazing. And,
1: yeah. And, and then, then in high school, in college, then, I also did a few plays. I did The Crucible. Oh, um, classic. Yeah, I, I played, I don't know, one of the one of the young girls who freaks out. I forget which one. Um yeah. I forget what, gosh, I'm sorry. I'm like, my, my brain is fried. Um, I haven't read it in a long
0: time, so I wouldn't I wasn't. I
1: wasn't, <laughs> Abigail, I wasn't Abigail or whatever the main yeah. young woman was. Um, And then I did 1940s Radio Hour, which was so fun and a musical. And uh, I played cute little Connie Miller. And that wow, was amazing.
0: I did Bye Bye <laughs> but, Birdie.
1: <laughs> aw, the classics, yeah. the classics.
0: Yeah.
1: So anyway, then, yeah.
0: What happened in college? Like, was there an academic you know, imperative for you to continue this on? Cause like, you know, talk to me about the grad school non-acting route. Like, yeah. Was, was there a moment of like, Oh, I don't, I, maybe I should get something that can like help me make six figures a year. Or, or was it no. none of that?
1: It was never about money ever. Well, um, it was always about what am I interested in? You know, yeah. so I was, a, I was very like American, my undergrad, I was, I studied American studies with a concentration in history. And political science at a double major. So I kind of put those two things together at NYU and studied political science with a concentration in American politics. Um, and it's honestly, it's just I, nothing more simple. And it's what interests me. I'm fascinated yeah. by it. So, was
0: that a good experience for you at NYU?
1: No. Well, it was fine. Um, yeah. It was fine. My um, advisor was very nice to me, but um, he was very conservative, so I was kind of like, ooh. ooh. Um,
0: Weird. The NYU doesn't normally hire. Them.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah this, was, <laughs> this was the 90s. He was nice to me, though. But what happened at NYU for me was that I realized that while I had the grades and the smarts to be accepted to that program, I was in seminars, you know, you're in small graduate seminars with people who were really, really serious about this um, this subject, these subjects for their uh, life going forward. Where I was more kind of like just kind of doing what interests me. Yeah, what interested totally. me. And I felt a little bit like a not a fraud. Um, because I was there doing the work, but that like I felt like I wasn't as serious about this as um, everybody else was. You weren't
0: going to go be at the UN for the next fifty years, right? And And that's like
1: noble and amazing, but they were like gunning for this stuff, and I was more like, "Oh, this is fascinating." So I I was kind of like taking it more like an adult ed kind of thing, and (laughs) everybody else was like on the career track, which or the academic track, which is you know. But that you were auditioning.
0: You said during the school NYU grabs at night auditions were during the day,
1: yeah, I arranged my schedule, so that I, there were classes that were available during the day, but I generally took the like the later um evening you know classes that were available. I may may have taken a class or two during the day, but
0: I, I asked that in the sense of like was that a strategy of like okay, if I book, I could just drop out or come back Absolutely. later Absolutely.
1: I had already been doing that undergrad for years, not 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 at night, but undergrad i would um try really hard to have all my classes in the morning so that I could hop yeah. on a walk, walk train and get in the city for an afternoon audition. I was also, you know, 17 playing 13 at the time or night or 20 playing 15. So I, I needed to do wow. the after school hours were still kind of valid audition times when you're, when you're playing a kid, you know, they put the,
0: what w- was brain scan right after you graduated NYU or was that
1: literally the summer I graduated, I graduated in like May and it was like in July I was in Montreal
0: and talk to me about that experience. How was it? You know, because like Eddie came out at T two, which was the Titanic of his time. You know, and I imagine you must. I mean, for those listening, and especially the millennials, can like Eddie Furlong. What would he be the equivalent of now? Like, uh, I don't know. Like, I I was gonna say I was gonna say Ansel Elgort, but that's not a good. No, name, but right? like somebody yeah. really
1: hot yeah. and young yeah. who had yeah. a lot. He was fantastic in T2 and, and a couple other film Little Odessa. Yeah, uh, he had a couple of uh, American History X, I think. He had some really great films out, you know, after. Yeah, he
0: was really T2. burgeoning to like yeah. have this kind of Leo Toby McGuire. One hundred
1: percent, one hundred percent. And um, he was a lovely uh guy, but he was a kid and um. I was when we did that film, I was 23 and he was 16. He turned 17 yeah. while we were shooting it. And like we were playing love interest. So that was, that was kind of awkward. Um, but wow. that was fine. Um, yeah, I don't even know how much I want to t- say about this, but, um, he, it, it just, it makes me sad because it, I feel like he wasn't surrounded by, um, yeah. the yeah. best influences kind of on a lot of different sides. And I wish yeah. that he had been, um, maybe protected a little bit more cause he, uh, he was a lovely kid. We had a good yeah. time working together. It was very professional. Um, but I feel like he could, maybe his, he could have gone down a different path and he wasn't able to because of, you know, the yeah. people surrounding him. Oh, no. And that, that's sad. That's sad. So I hope, and, and, I hope and, these, you know,
0: and maybe in some ways it's good. He didn't book Andy because it could have been, you know, it could have happened to, that could happen to anyone. You know what I mean? Like right. it's so easy for that to happen. And is- you, you get yeah. surrounded with people that only say yes. And you just keep making decisions and no one's there to kind of boo you to like, do.
1: you know, like you're yeah. 13 and you're yeah. on some huge movie set. And that's what I, I completely, I completely uh, uh, subscribe to what you're saying about, about like, I don't look back at my career as a teenager being like, Oh, I only booked commercials. What's wrong with me? It was like, yeah. I thought I only booked commercials. Cause I was able to totally. have normal high school. I played sports. I went to the beach. I, you know, just went to the prom, all that normal stuff, you know? Um,
0: When that movie came out, did that open a lot of doors and windows for you? Like, was there, was it, was it Hollywood? uh, I'm going to LA or was it really
1: a little bit, a little bit. I think I've been really always slow on the uptake of like the, the kind of PR hustle kind of side of things, like how to take it to the next level. I never. Because you're an amazing actress.
0: You don't care about the as we were joking earlier, the tonight show, you know what I mean? Right.
1: Like, it's, yeah. not, it's about the work. Well, yeah. And I also feel like I've um, never in my career have, a, have I been like, okay, here I am. I'm going to like, I'm always looking to get better and to improve it at every single experience, audition, meeting, job, there's always something to learn and um, I, I was like, would I be, have been out of the gate at 24 years old Brain Scan Tonight Show? I would have been like an idiot. You know what I mean? Like I didn't yeah. want to like shoot yeah. my wad when I was that old because I didn't know what I was doing yet. You know, I was on that set Gosh. I was like, oh my God, this was like a huge... Yeah. I think I had done like one... I did an HBO film like the year before Brain Scan or six months before Brain Scan where I played this friend of Callista Flockhart
0: oh okay and
1: it was kind of like an after school special thing for hbo kind of Got it. and um that was a great experience but that was like more of a manageable size and i was a supporting character whereas i get up to montreal and i'm like the female lead like the big yeah. ingenue in this movie i had people are like catering to me and can i get you this and, can I? and i was like what like this is weird this is so yeah. straight and it was you know it was fun but it was also like Wow, you know?
0: So then what came next for you? What, what, like? What did you know? come next
1: to me? Uh, um, let's see. I came back to New York and, um, I did work a lot actually after that. I, it wasn't, it wasn't like doors flung open, but I, yeah. I was getting, I was an easier yes, you know? Um, you know what I mean? Like they, yeah. get, I was more hireable. Um, so I did a really cool movie for Sony. Um, that was going to be the next big thing. It was, um, an interactive movie in 1994 called ride wow. for your life. And they were, Sony was retrofitting. They, they, they only did two theaters, but one in New York and LA, they retrofitted movie theaters with jo- a joystick in between the seats. With oh, three. I remember that. It was like a choose your own adventure movie. Yeah, okay. yeah. So we did, I think they only made two films. And it was, it was kind of technically like a short film. Maybe it was like 30 or 40 minutes long, I forget. But yeah. ours was about bike messengers in New York. Like they had some like rivalry in a race. And I was like the the love interest of um, Matthew Lillard. You know who he is? Oh, Dream. of course and, I know Matthew. Yeah. He played yeah. one of the bike messengers. Who be, who be and I, who who He was my love interest. Yeah, he was super fun. And um, I also was the daughter, the wealthy daughter of Adam West. Yes. Batman oh, and Betty Buckley, Betty freaking Buckley. Yeah. Um, they had some big corporation, you know, and I was the rich daughter and we were like, yeah. provider. it was, it was ridiculous. It was hilarious. John Stewart. Was no in a way. cameo because we had a big one of the big set pieces was a bike race in Central Park, like the Loop. Yeah, and he was like the master of ceremonies who was up on like the dais and was like announcing the thing and then like did the starter gun. So John Stewart was in that, um, and that day was so freaking cold. We shot oh. in Central Park in like January, December, January, and oh. I almost died. It was so cold. Jeez. Um, and we had to have like fancy clothes on You know because it was like a fancy race or whatever Anyway yeah. I'm babbling um, So that no. I did that after brain scan What else did I do I did an I did an after school special With B.D. Wong called I
0: love B.D. Wong um,
1: He's great yeah One of my favorites Yeah that was called um, When we shot it it was called Magical Makeover And then they changed it to My Special Angel Wow it was lame. I mean, it was fun. It was cute. It was lame. Um, for, for,
0: the, for the viewers listening, can you talk a bit about what, you know, in this late 90s, early 2000s, the content landscape looked like? Because, like, at that time, it was just CBS, NBC, ABC. That's right. That's right. Made, made for TV specials were, like, the big, yeah. you know, like things.
1: Yeah. And then yeah. movies. That's right. Huge films. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, don't forget movies of the week. Okay. And Hallmark Hall of Fame movies of the week were like the, the HBO content, like the fa- the the classy, like movies of the week were kind of like slightly... They're short. not
0: the, like the Hallmark Christmas movies now. No, not Hallmark uh,
1: Christmas movies. So it was gotcha. there was movies of the week, um, which were just movies made for television. And then Hallmark Hall of Fame movies of the week were like elevated material. They would bring in fancy, you know, fancy actors and things like that and really like elevated content. So, um... Oh, wait, I forgot to mention after Brain Scan, I joined Equity and I did my first off-Broadway play. So I started oh, to do theater back in New York. And that was a, that was a, I feel like I'm jumping all over the place, but that was. No, a, no, it's okay then. It's, that it's, was a it's, moment okay. like after I did Brain scans, was like, ooh, do I move to LA and get like, be famous and do that? I was like, no, ew. So I just stayed in New York and I like did an off-Broadway play. So you never did, did the Broadway. LA thing. Um, I would, I would go out. Like I would go out when they flew me out. You know yeah. what I mean? And then I would, because you used that used to happen. They used to fly you out to test all the t- like a couple times a so, year. Like, oh, fly out to test. Put you first class and put you at the Waldorf. Yeah, that doesn't matter yeah. now. Like when I when I tested when I tested for for Thirteen Reasons Why, it was literally a self tape in my it, like. I did the original self tape in my bedroom, and then they're like, "Okay, they want to test you." I'm like, "Am I getting flown out?" They're like, "No, no, we just need to self tape again." I was like, "What? Oh my like, so god, like,
0: that's I'll just amazing!" Do, like a
1: blowout. I'm like, I'm like going to do it with like better hair and makeup. I'm like, "Are there yeah. any notes? Acting notes? No." Nope. I'm like. Okay, so we're just gonna
0: (laughs) That's amazing.
1: Yeah, so back then the landscape was kind of a little simpler, um, probably a little less work. I feel like there's more, there's more projects out there now, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but I I was very busy. I was busy, I always did voiceovers also. Even when I kind of pulled back on the on-camera stuff, um, I was always really fortunate to do a lot of voiceovers. So I've been, you know, the, I was the voice of Nickelodeon for a year, which was wow. like when I was pregnant, which was the best. Oh, yeah. I got so lucky, so lucky to get that job. Um, I was just going and recording like four times a week for like a half an hour a day, That's just amazing. like interstitial kind of like, you know, like credit crunch. It was a credit crunch when the credit would go over the, and we'd be like coming up next, the Angry Beavers next on Nickelodeon. It's like somebody it, might as well be me,
0: you know, I, I imagine because, you know, you, you, you've been such an amazing actress and you've worked for so long. Did you have like a company of friends that, you know, that are still working that you would see going up for the same parts as you often? Oh, yeah. yeah,
1: absolutely. And that, and that, that has, like evolved. I could see
0: you and Claire Danes going up for the same part. All yeah, the time.
1: She's, she's younger than me. So you want to know who I used to go on auditions with back in the day who I like. Yeah. Ups- yeah. Um, Jennifer Garner. I used to see all the time in the 90s before she moved wow. to LA. The nicest person you've ever met. Well, you know, like, audition rooms can be weird. She would always yeah. say a big hello, a really genuine, and I was like, so when she booked whatever she, I forget, alias. The or, Bradley
0: Cooper show. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jennifer Garner? Or, she, yeah. No, not,
1: it, Jennifer, not Jennifer Lawrence. You think about no, Jennifer
0: Lawrence? Wait. You meant Jennifer Lawrence or Jennifer Garner?
1: No, no, I mean Jennifer Garner. Jennifer Garner booked
0: Alias, right?
1: Alias, I think, was the thing that made her pop, right?
0: Yeah, that was Bradley Cooper's first thing, too.
1: Are you kidding? He was in that? See, I didn't even... Yeah, I didn't yeah. That, yeah. So that was his I very first thing. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so anyway, Jennifer Garner was always lovely. Um, who else would I see around? Selma Blair. We worked together um, on didn't a, a couple years after, like, probably 96, 97, I was a series regular on a CBS show that shot here, well, in Bayonne. Um, okay. And I was a series regular, and Selma got hired as a recurring to play like one of my character's friends. So we became friendly, and then she moved to LA and became a huge star. And I'm like, I'm home in New York, like pregnant, like Jesus Christ. All right, everybody's getting famous except me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it happened, but uh, it's all right. Uh,
0: in, in 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 the in the late nineties, like, were you going? I know they're a little bit more intense and very specific in what they cast, but were you going up for like? Oz or The Sopranos ever? were you I, actually-
1: I read for the... Okay, so remember I mentioned, let's go back, that first off-Broadway show I did in 1994 which got me my yeah. equity card. That was directed by a guy called Alan Coulter who became one of the executive producers on The Sopranos. And I did no two way. plays. I did that play I did another play that Alan... No, I'm sorry. I did that play and he directed me in the HBO film I did with uh, Callista Flockhart. He directed me wow. twice within a couple of years and then all of a sudden he's like on The Sopranos. I'm like, can a girl get an audition for this? Yeah! Show? <laughs> what the hell? And, but honestly, I don't really, pl- you know, that world. I'm, I'm a little more like, you know, white bread, not you know, kind Italian. Of, yeah, could, yeah, yeah. I could play that probably, but you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, or they there's did in, even. They did bring me in once for a I forget, you know, some sort of like guest lead or or co-star or something. I forget. And uh, Alan was in the room, and I got a warm welcome, and I did not get that far. <laughs> like, Fuck the down. The second <laughs> you think it's like, oh yeah, I, I totally worked with this guy before. I'm totally this is slam dunk. It's it's not, you know.
0: What about the like things like the Wire and things that were like? Were you ever going? Never
1: like... read for the Wire. See now, when was that? Because I that was I like thought...
0: 2004, three, okay. four to 2008. Here's
1: what, here's what happened. So I did a movie for HBO, a different movie called um, Flashback in 97, 98. Yeah. And um I played a recovering drug addict and I was nominated for a Cable ACE award for this HBO uh sh- like film that I well it was like a, it was like a series of short films and so I was uh, the lead in one of them and I was nominated for um this award. I did not win. I lost to Glenn Close for In the Gloaming. Um, and then wait, I forget where I was going to go with this. What was your question? <laughs> I was so excited to tell you about my nomination that I totally... <laughs> I love it. We were talking like The Wire and just... Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. Now I remember. Yeah, now I remember. Yeah. So I did that. I got nominated. And then um, I came home. I did a Hallmark Hall of Fame movie of the week with like Blythe Danner and Edward Herman and Tom McCarthy and, and Mary Louise Parker, all these amazing people. Then I came back to New York. I got married and I started having kids. Yeah. So I, so I was like 27, 28, got married and kind of like pulled back from... Focusing on work a little bit, and then like I had a baby, and then my agent dropped me. And uh, literally, I was like home, holding my like little baby in my arms, and my agent called me to tell me they were dropping me as a client. And I was like, "Oh, oh. this was in like within like two years of me being nominated and like really like booked and busy." You know what I mean? Um, I was like, and obviously, they knew you just had a
0: kid, right?
1: Yeah. What I what I found out in retrospect, it was an agency called Writers and Artists, which actually went under. They were they were in the process of going under. I didn't know Got that it. at the time, um, and we yeah. didn't have like the internet then. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, they ended up dumping all their clients in a couple of swoops, and then they they were only left with like William H Macy was like their last client, and then they're like, "Fuck it, we're bankrupt. We can't we can't even hold this up anymore." Wow. So they so it wasn't in the moment. I was like, "Wow, my career's over. I'm thirty. I have a baby, and and you know." And I don't have an agent, and I'll I'll never work again.
0: So you have your resume at my age, though. Are you kidding me? You know, I'm the nominee.
1: (laughs) Retrospect, you know, I don't know. And and also, I think a lot of it was was hanging on the fact that I was always like 28 playing 18. You know what I mean? And all of a sudden, I was I wasn't 28 anymore. which was fine, but like I was so you hung still up on. You can play it.
0: 18. I mean that. I really can't. It's,
1: it's the ring lights. <laughs> um, so I was just, I just had to kind of step back and, and kind of circle my wagons. And fortunately, that was the year that I had, when I was pregnant with my son, my first um, child, I was the voice of Nickelodeon during that pregnancy. So I was like, I had a lot of money saved up. I was like, oh, I was just crazy. like, printing money that year and just took it to the side. So I was able to kind of, it was okay that it didn't work for a while. You know what I mean? And,
0: and while yeah. you were doing that, can you, for the actors listening, you know, and especially the one, the, the females listening that want to have children and are yeah. in their thirties and, and struggling. How did you stay, you know, a, a tethered to, to the dream without, you know, just giving to like, you know, I, I I don't want to say this in a negative way, but just giving to the maternal quest. You know what I mean? Like being able to have both.
1: Because I actually just, I actually just like, I actually just said, you know, fuck it for a little while. I was like, let me just roll with things. Let me just see where this takes me. Because yeah. this is like we have so little control in this industry that it was just like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't control the fact that my agency dumped me and then was like going under. Okay. I couldn't yeah. deal with that. But all, all I, what I could do was, you know, the it's kind of the the same way I've gotten through the pandemic, honestly, here in New York is like, I always go back to the things that kind of make me feel good. And I just try to do the next good thing, the next best thing for me. And it's really simple stuff. It's like, Mm -hmm. let me go make a thing of brownies. Let me like plan a beautiful dinner. Let me walk my dog. And I, let me do a yoga session on, you know, YouTube, like small, small, small things. But that's kind of what I do moment to moment. And, and honestly, I loved, um, I loved being pregnant. I love, love, still love being a mom. So I was getting a lot of joy from those things. I was very fortunate that I didn't have like postpartum depression or anything like that. I was yeah. very much of the mind of like, this is what I I always wanted to be, you know, a mom. And I was just going to try to enjoy that and not, not get caught up in what's going to happen next. And I was, I don't know how I was able to do that, but I just did that, you know? That's um, amazing. Yeah. And, and I also, but I also, am kind of like, I was very kind of like mama bear about it where I wasn't ready to, I don't know where I got this from, but I wasn't ready to kind of like um, give in to like, I brought my kids everywhere. Like I, okay. Okay. Honestly, raising kids in New York is insane. It's expensive. One of you is an actor with income like this. Um, we never had a nanny. Like I brought my kids with me to like. You so, were a real mother.
0: N- so many artists. Yeah, yeah. In the
1: voiceover world, literally, you come in with your stroller. There's like seven uh, other parents who are like, "Give me the kid," and like they just hold your kid while you go in the booth, and then you come out. That's amazing. I used to record voiceovers with one of my kids in the baby Bjorn, and they would just set the mic up over. Yeah, because I'm like, this is how. I would get last minute calls. Can you come record for da da da? Yeah, I can, but I'll I'll, I'll be bringing my kid if that. I'll I'll be there in a half an hour if you. And they're, like, fine, great. Yeah. So, I've nursed my kids. Well, not nursed my kids. Excuse me. I um, when I was nursing my son, I booked a commercial, and um, I was like, I can do it, but I'll need I'll need a break every three and a half hours for twenty minutes and a private yeah. place. And this was almost twenty years ago now. Like it's, I think it's a little more common now, but I was like, this is how it's going to be. I will be there with bells on, but I, this is what I need. And I wasn't really, I didn't have like a lot of pull or anything and they were like, okay. And I did it and nobody blinked and it was fine. So I, I think, you know, it's you just so have to beautiful. push, push, push forward and do what you want. Did of. you set up
0: like a time frame for yourself? Like, okay, when my child is three, I'll, I'll worry about an agent again, no. or no. kind of let it flow.
1: No, I am not a planner. I'm a planner for a lot of things, but you can't, like, you can't, you can't, I don't think in this, I, I've never taken that approach. Like I got to do it yeah. this way. Whatever it's, I, I'm it's, sure it's so
0: much healthier your way. Cause I, I tried doing it that way and when it doesn't, I'm like, ah, you
1: know, Oh really you're like, I need to have an agent in the next 18 months or whatever. A hundred
0: percent. I need, I need this thing with Ethan Hawk And if I don't book this, then you know, then I'm movie. gonna write. Yeah, like yeah, the,
1: yeah. The Tesla movie. Yeah, yeah. It was,
0: it was I went in for this show on Showtime called The Good Lord Bird. 18 okay. Times. And How many times? How many times? Eight, Eighteen times they brought me in, and for I was the, like
1: for different roles.
0: For different roles, and they just I was kept like bringing you in, and I was like at a certain point I was so offended because some of the roles were like reoccurring, some were like you know three
1: lives. And I was like, just fucking give it to me. You know what I mean? (laughs) All right. Hold on now. I don't know if you want to name names which casting office this was, but um, you don't have to.
0: I'm sure it was the same. same. They've been really great to me. Erica Orbold, I love you. You've been great. I think they probably did the local hire for you guys in Homeland when you did Rich.
1: Was it down in Richmond?
0: Yeah, they, they're a Virginia office.
1: Oh, okay. So I yeah. wouldn't know. I wouldn't know them personally. But no, Erica
0: okay. has been really great to me, and and okay. they brought me in for so many, so many amazing things. This thing yeah. that you brought me in that Bill Clinton's doing. Uh, I didn't what? know he was doing. Comp- yeah, he's doing comedy.
1: Like Willie. That yeah. I, also for
0: Showtime, oddly, they must have some kind of relationship.
1: Well, let me let me speak to that. So you, I understand you went in eighteen times you're freaking out you didn't get the role but there's a reason she brought you in 18 times oh, i know because just... you make her look good every time she puts you on the tape and sends that because not everybody's getting on the tape that goes up the chain yeah you are a solid actor who's going in there and making her look good and that when it's the right role for you it's going to stick it's going to stick yeah
0: they've been if great you sucked, to me you sucked, i love you erica
1: yeah. Keep yeah. watching.
0: Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> she wouldn't bring
1: you back in if you suck. But yeah. that's, that's my my story about um, Judy Henderson's office. Um, they brought me in once a year for probably 15 or 20 years. I would schlep all the way up to the other wow. side, all the way over in the brownstone, down the steps, into the back, sit there, do my thing, go in. I would never get the job. Never. No callbacks. I'm like, why are they... So,
0: so for those who don't know, because I, I, I think yeah. you and I know Judy Henderson cast Homeland. Yeah. So why, right. why, don't we, why don't we break this down? So you have the kids and then. Yeah, sorry, sorry, I'm do,
1: jumping around. No,
0: no, no, it's perfect. And then something changes in 2008 about, right. so you know, it's like yeah. the, the HBO content picks up, but then, that's you know, true. Netflix all of a sudden picks up the rights for Mad Men mm-hmm. and Breaking Bad and then they get the hot idea to do content. And then mm-hmm. I think that just was the fire that changed. Loaded.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and the other thing to go back a smidge is like, after I had my kids, um, you were like, did you have a plan to like, I need to get, I need to get an agent again. I was kind of like, no, um, I had enough relationships. I've, I've worked with um, a company called the Barrow Group for years. Yeah. Um, they're amazing. Yeah, I've worked with them since the 90s. I've done plays with them and, and written things and directed things. So I, that was that's kind of a creative community that I've always been able to kind of be a part of. I did dip out a little bit when my kids were young, but I've definitely dipped back in since then. Um, and, and someone called me, I forget who, out of the blue, um, and said uh, they would like me to audition for, not the Barrow Group, but the Vital Theater Company. They were doing a one-act play series, and I was right for something. Would you come read? I was like, Sure. Yeah. Like, what else am I doing? So I went, I read, I booked it, went to do that, did this. And this was in between my two kids. When I was doing this play, a manager came to see me and she said she wanted to represent me. Today, but she was just starting out and her name was Lori Smith. And that's my manager. Sweet and I, said, yeah. I know Lori. Yeah. I've been with her since the year, I think 2001. And wow. she is, I give her so much credit for kind of, reintroducing me to the industry at, you know, obviously I'd worked so much and nominations and theater and all these things, but like I was a kid kind of, you know what I mean? So she was like, let's, let's kind of, start over here like you've got got I'm
0: glad you said that you do feel like in some ways this was just a a, a new a a new beginning yeah yeah
1: absolutely 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 like when I was in like my 20s like I never wore makeup to audience like I didn't I didn't play the game at all which is fine you don't have to play the game but I was kind of like I was always playing so young that I could just kind of like roll out of bed and go in and do it you know whereas it kind of took a little more like strategies in my 20s you know to figure out okay where where are we going to, what's, you know, not what's my brand, but like, you know, like I needed to kind of figure it out be a little more strategic about it. So Lori was and, instrumental in that, in yeah. getting me, and getting me out of my own way a little bit. So she's like, we're going to send you in for like, you know, a co-star on this instead of like, you know, so I'd come from being like the lead in a huge, you know, studio feature to like going in for two scenes, in law and order. Did that mess or did you not care? No, I didn't care. I didn't yeah. care I Yeah. Mean, I was like, a- I want to work. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. So, um, yeah, so we kind of like went boom, boom, boom and started to do some guest leads. And, um, she, um, very cleverly, um, snatched up the script from, um, Harley Kaplan was casting uh, blue ruin and she read it and was like, huh, this is great. So made me come back from fire Island. I was on vacation with my family to read for that book that we know booked Homeland and,
0: now so we're. When back. Came, what came first, Blue Ruin or Homeland?
1: Homeland, Homeland. Okay, so t- Homeland. I think well, I, I, I. Sorry. I, yeah, I'm like I, my timeline's fucked up.
0: No, I, I do want to jump into to Blue Ruin proper, and you know, Homeland will obviously jump into now. But so 2008. You know, all these things are happening, and I don't think you know because I, I feel so fucking old. But I don't think young yeah, kids. I'm like 100 years old. <laughs> no, you look stunning. Trust me. Um, I, I I I feel like Homeland. I don't think like honestly since The Sopranos, like a show that Wallet aired was the, as big of a hit as that show was, especially. Yeah. The- like i've had you know i had uh mark Menchaca. i don't know if you know him uh, oh Mark's yes. amazing mark's my god one of my closest yeah he's so
1: good yeah yeah so, we've, we've done a play reading or two together um since oh. then and i was just like i'm such a fan of on ozark i mean he's like yeah he's so oh awesome. he's crushing it yeah, yeah.
0: but so then t- talk to me about when when you get that script because like i think anyone that says they know you know maybe may, maybe they know, but like you 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 Done this at that point for so yeah. long. I'm yeah. sure you had read tons of amazing scripts that didn't go. Like, what talk to me about when you got it?
1: Here's the thing about Homeland. Okay, so I so I go over to Judy Henderson for the 10 millionth audition in her in her office, and but but this time it's to play Claire Danes' sister in a new show on Showtime, and I was like, hmm, I could definitely be Claire Danes' sister. Like, I, I it yeah. felt it felt like this is in the range of like. This is a something that I'm really right for. Um, and Do you know, Claire,
0: Claire at all yet? No, yeah. I had
1: never, I had never met Claire, I just she had just done Temple Grandin, and I was like, wow, like she's fantastic. So I yeah. knew it was cool. I knew I was, and I, it was like a recur. It was, you know, my character introduced in the second episode with the possibility to recur. They always say that because they never, know. yeah, yeah. Um, so I go over there and I read for. Um, I even think it was Judy. I think it was. Kimberly, the assistant. Kimberly um, Graham. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I do it. I think it's great. And she's like, "Yeah, okay, so um, let's do it again." And let's this time, like you know, we want to kind of excuse me, like her, like I I, I like did it really like,
0: which I'm, you you do a wonderful job <laughs> of. She's sure. more likable than Carrie most of the time.
1: <laughs> I'm dying right now. Sorry, yeah. but it was more about my audition scene. So it was like a little simple two-page thing. So I do it again with her notes and I was like, I did it. And I was like, mm, all right, whatever. Thanks. I leave. And I walk away. And I'm like, well, that's another, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I'm exactly. not get Cause I totally yeah. hated my second take. Yeah. So I get the job. We're excited. My manager, the always wise sage, she goes, your job is to go down there, kick ass, be charming to everybody and have those writers write you into the entire freaking show. I was like, Oh, yeah. right. That's how it works. Right. You know, yeah. for possible recurrings, it's like, they can write you right out or write you in. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so I go down there, Michael Cuesta is directing the, pi- the first two episodes, he directed the pilot and the second episode. This is the second episode. And it, it was um, based on an Israeli show, right? That was an very- Israeli show called Hatufim, the prisoner yeah. of war. Um, yeah. So it's lovely. It's been, we were in Charlotte this the first couple of seasons, Charlotte, North Carolina. So we get there. Michael Quest is like, oh hey, welcomes me. Takes me to the side. He's like, yeah. So um, we loved your audition tape. Um, but I was gonna say that like, you had like two ta- you had like two um, variations, two takes, and I think we really liked the second take of your audition scene. So let like let's like go to it. And I was like, oh my god, that's the one I hated. And I was I like, made me laugh so hard because I was like. I-
0: that's you know, always how it is <laughs> We think
1: we know, but yeah. ultimately I'm like the kind of actor who I get out of my own way very easily I'm like, the director's driving the boat Let's just try to yeah. like, let me try to like It's his vision, let, or her vision Let me try to kind of give them what they need And that's, on Homeland, they've had such Fantastic directors With Leslie Linka-Gladder really in the later yeah. seasons Just kicking ass and being so amazing um, I have again and again well, just so Especially because that. that show changed
0: you yeah, know, like it when when Damien Lewis leaves, it it's a, it kind of becomes a new show.
1: Yeah, there was kind of yeah. a reset with you know Claire as the real main centerpiece. Um, and I am again you. and again a little bit, except for yeah, season, no, except for seasons um five and six where they didn't have me around they, at all. They, but I I was came that back the with the Germany vengeance. season that was Germany and New York. Yeah, I wasn't in yeah, this. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, season seven they brought me back with a vengeance. So that was that was really it, a was lot that the time. Richmond one? Yeah.
0: How was that experience? That's my hometown. Listen, Richmond is so cool. What a cute yeah. little city. Did you um, go to Edo Squid? What's it called? Edo Squid. It's like the most popular Italian restaurant there.
1: I don't think I actually did go there. I would go whatever was within walking distance of our hotel, which I can say it now, was the um Hyatt? No. No, no, no. the not the Hyatt. The um, Jefferson? No, not the Jefferson. Jefferson oh, dude. Not I the wanted to show time. Spend that money. <laughs> no, it was the Hilton. I'm sorry, it was the Hilton. Oh, it was the
0: Hilton right across from the from the Marriott.
1: Yes, correct. Yeah, right across yeah. the Marriott. Yeah, so yeah. I would walk down to. There was a cute little like setback, like I, triangle. I, with saison. The The Jew,
0: Jewish deli right there, and yes. everything. Yeah, a you
1: know, small restaurant called Cezanne, and then yeah. there was a French bistro I would go to a lot. Um, yeah, there were some really great places within walking distance. And that's that's always fun to um it's just fun to be on location and explore new cities, you know. Um Wait, I mean, you,
0: yeah, I mean, no, you said you missed two seasons, but was it was that a good ride for you? I mean, because you, you're a huge part of that show. You know, I mean, you're the one who,
1: who the whole looked, show was amazing. And season seven in particular was crazy because that's the I mean, spoilers. You guys have had a year and a half to watch it. That's when we yeah. go to court and I get custody yeah. of the baby or Franny, who's not yeah. baby anymore. And it was just so like heart wrenching and emotional for us, me and Claire. We were just like, we would like start to rehearse yeah. and just be like, ah. we're like, okay, wait, stop. Like, let's get our act together here. We don't need to be crying all the time. Um, I think that
0: was 100% my favorite of all the seasons.
1: It not was, just cause Richard, but yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I it thought really seasons,
1: season one was pretty good. Oh, and to go back oh, to. Dear. Your original, your original, um, when you brought up Homeland, you were like, you know, could we have known that this would, would be so great? Like when I read the script, I actually didn't read the pilot script because those, those things are all very kind of kept under wraps. So somehow Uh, when I auditioned for episode two, I think I only had my sides or me. No, I think, no, I had, I had the full, I had the full episode, but I hadn't seen or read the pilot. So it wasn't until I booked the job, I get down to Charlotte, North Carolina and Another actor called Haraj Tatizian, who's amazing, who was in the first couple seasons, he played a CIA analyst. He had gotten like a DVD of the pilot that they gave him, so he could watch it. We went to his hotel room and we're like, "Oh shit, let's watch this show that we both just got cast on. Let's see." So we sit down, we watch it. We were like, "Oh my god, it's so good!" <laughs> <laughs> it's so like
0: good. Barack Obama loved the show.
1: It was, it however, was so- and this is an interesting little thing. It was the original version of the pilot and they were in the process of reshooting bits of it because Morena Baccarin was not in the pilot. It was played by another actress who was recast. Um, I think I heard that. And and, and honestly, she was the, uh, so we saw the the version of the pilot with the other actress and it was still fantastic. And she was great. She was great. Yeah. I, I don't know what I don't know what went into their thinking. She, she, well, I
0: think Moraine Mar- and Claire had a really long history. I mean, they grew up together. I think this is you know? true.
1: Yeah, they were friendly yeah. when they were young. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if that had anything to do with anything. Um, okay. I think okay. it might have been yeah. more. Maybe the the woman who had the role originally felt. Um, really? Like she could have been related to me and Claire, you know, um, kind of like very uh, so need,
0: similar uh, juxtaposition. Yeah. Right.
1: Whereas Morena, like visually kind of felt a lot different than, which would help because Brody's with like both of them. So, you know, yeah,
0: yeah does that makes sense. Yeah. What I just
1: said. hundred
0: percent, hundred percent.
1: So who knows who, why, who knows why casting makes decisions that they make.
0: Wh- what's the name of the, the late great actor that played your guys? Jim Redhorn, Jim
1: Redhorn. Uh, yeah.
0: Love him. Rest in peace. Such yeah. What a
1: actor. career that guy had, huh?
0: Yeah, God. I I mean Bill in Pullman, everything. Independence Day. You know what I mean? Like it was
1: in everything yeah. Yeah. always working. Oh, and so, so lovely and professional and amazing and
0: staying on this Richmond, Virginia thread, you know, making yeah. Blair is a yeah. is a Virginia guy, you know. Exactly. So
1: and Jeremy um, Saulnier, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. They're partners, right? Or creative
1: They're members. like, you know, yeah. uh, they write and make movies together. They have since they were kids. Um, so they were like sixteen, but um, they're not like partners. Like they're both married to other people. Who yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, much uh, like that. yeah. Very
0: twenty. Very twenty twenty thing to say. Like has, uh, <laughs> yeah. Who knows? But so I like I'm me, learning
1: from my kids. You know, they teach me this stuff. Go ahead. What?
0: Talk, talk about getting the script at home and like that movie. Uh, uh, That's so good. And and like that scene with you and him at the diner. There's I know. This moment where this, this, this guy who she's sitting next to you guys is like... God, Ask for ketchup. Yes! It's like, I'm like, that is the best scene I've ever seen in a movie in my life. <laughs> <laughs> like, that realism and that, I was just like, that, like, what?
1: I know, <laughs> I, can, I know. Yeah. I know. How, did, how
0: did you know I was going to say that?
1: Because it's like, because it's a great moment. It's yeah. a great moment. I, I don't even know what to say. I like, thought I, I was the only one. <laughs> oh, it was great. It was. It was kind of yeah. funny and weird, and like yeah. we're having this heavy, you know, terrible yeah. emotional reunion. Um, yeah, when I got that script, I read it and was like, "Holy shit, this is so yeah. tight. This is so tight." And and the way, because um, you know, you read a lot of scripts, you get auditions, and you are like, mm, "This is." All right, yeah. maybe I can see. You know, the, there's a couple have, good accents if they tweet right. it. Yeah. This yeah. character's great, but what, I don't really understand what happened. You know, yeah. this was just tight, and the way um, the way Jeremy writes, I don't know if it's because he's a cinematographer first and a director second, but he it came off the page in such a visual way that made it just like spring to life. And, and it's funny because it's not really my kind of movie that I would like gravitate to, you know, with like the violence, all that stuff, but, but didn't matter. I was like, this is amazing. And this character is amazing. And this relationship is amazing. And so um, I was on vacation with my family. We had rented a house on fire Island and I was like, I made my kids run lines with me. For, no uh, way. Yeah. yeah. Cuz it was such a big like it was a yeah. lot it was a lot of talking. Yeah. It was like a big monologue kind of. And that scene got cut down. It was the what we shot was more. Um okay. but I mean the, the the good parts are there. Um So I have this and how old so this was when did we do it? Like 2012, 2013, something like yeah, that. And like I think t- my son think was 13, like 12 or 13 and my daughter was yeah. like nine or 10, you know? So I'm like reading the He and I'm sobbing I read. And they're like, they're like mom, mom's acting again. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I left, I left fire Island for the day. And so, you know, came into the city to read for Harley Kaplan. And, um, and it was, and I think Jeremy was, Oh wait, sorry. My dad's staying with me. And he just came in the room. Hi dad. I'm almost done. Hi, Dad. Sorry. Well, I'm. I know I'm. I'm dragging you off. No, no it's fine. It's fine. So anyway, I'm just. I'm, I'm. And there was like an air conditioner unit in the room, so it was hard to hear. And it was. But I, you know, I. I, I did the audition. It went well, and they. I think. I think. Macon and Jeremy told me I was like one of the first people who came in to read for it, and they were like, that that's it but like no what, no one more yeah no but then they were like well that like they were kind of young you know they were all kind of figuring it out they were like well we I, we should, should we should see other people i guess right so they they kind of like saw other people and then they're like nah you know it's
0: but, but then that became the, a festival hit like it, we, went it went to,
1: we went to con with that i mean yeah. never in a million years would i have imagined that it would do that you know at director how, how did
0: that feel just that experience to be a part hilarious of that, like, yeah. I'm so glad you used that
1: verb. <laughs> I, yeah. We were like, what? You know, this is crazy. And there were like 10 of us. We rented a we rented a um well, first of all, when I found out about con, we had just I just gotten Fred the dog, who I adopted from Puerto Rico, and I was walking him, and I get a text from Macon that just said, Khan, this was in like March or whatever. I was like, what? Cause we had gotten into Sundance. We got, they kind of did really fast post-production. Sundance is
0: so pretentious. Fuck
1: Sundance. So, (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, So they, Sundance gave them notes and was like, we kind of love it, but like, it's not there yet. So yeah. they were like, "Oh, they're like, you know, finish up and try next year." So, yeah. In the meanwhile, they kind of did a few things and then submitted it to Con, and Con was like, "Yeah."
0: <laughs> I bet Sundance is like, "Shit, what do we do?" <laughs> we we ended up, end
1: up going to Sundance with it the next year, which is unusual. Oh, Sundance okay. on wants world premieres, but you know, after you go to Con, yeah. So um, it was um, it was a magical experience because um, everybody that we worked with on that show was so just. good vibes like good really talented really kind really fun so we had maybe 10 of us rented this you know top floor like walk up you know nine flight walk up and you know near walkable to the the closet and everything and we were kind of in and out and kind of you know had some fun and ridiculousness and and but we're ultimately there to to premiere the sorry premiere the movie and like as we were getting ready to go to the premiere um Everybody had their laptops open and you know we're in various states of fixing bow ties and you know, the producers are watching YouTube tutorials on how to tie a bow tie. You know, it was like that kind of thing. And um That's so funny. Yeah. You know, everybody was pretty young. And um and the variety review for Blue Ruin popped in right when we were literally getting ready to walk out the door for the premiere. And um it was like a love note to not just the yeah. film but pretty much everybody who was in the room like the uh, editor was there like at producer it, it was we were all just like stunned and yeah and we walked out on air and did the premiere and then went had a little after party in like somebody's you know fancy hotel room and and we're drinking champagne and they were in the back room with um Radius which was a Sorry, Rip Weinstein Company subsidiary, oh, for like genre yeah. stuff. So, the radius people, they were in the back room negotiating. The doors fling open. We have a deal, and the movie got sold. And that was oh, it. And then we had fun for the rest of the, you know, few days that we were there.
0: That's amazing. Hilarious. And then, you know, I, I, I want to make sure you get out in time. So, talk to me that's okay. totally, chip, chip, yeah. tonally about, about 13 reasons why. Like, yeah. is it hard for you to pivot from you know, this kind of, like, I mean, really kind of, a, I didn't even think about this, but digging into your political background, this, mm-hmm. like, extremely political, amazing action show, yeah. and then you do this, like, kind of violent movie, and then you mm-hmm. got something that's, like, this teen angst thing. Was yeah. that you? Wait, were you looking to make a, a tonal shift or did that just kind of happen that way?
1: No, no, I wasn't looking to make a tonal shift at all. I was looking to, you know, pay my mortgage. Um, honestly, yeah. <laughs> I have a kid in college. Oh, I love it. Yeah, we um, we're going to survive. Yeah. So I'm, I'm the kind of I'm I'm open and up for kind of a lot of different experiences. I pass on things. Sure. But honestly, like I my I had two teenagers at the time. I knew about this book, 13 Reasons Why. Um, It was also being executive produced by Tom McCarthy, who literally just came off the win for Spotlight. Spotlight. He had just won the Oscar. And this was literally his follow-up. great wire actor. (laughs) Great wire actor and also Hallmark Hall of Fame castmate of mine in 1997, who I've known for 20 years. So, and also not not for nothing, Selena Gomez was an executive producer. I was like, this is... um, This is an interesting show, and something that to be... Did your kids care about that? I gotta imagine my daughter. My daughter did. Are you kidding me? Yeah. (laughs) My son was kind of like, and I don't even think he's watched it, but my daughter was like 14, 15 when it came out, you know? Wow. Yeah, Yeah. so um, I was down, and also, just from, like, the nuts and bolts of, like, Doing a show like this, um, it's very much an ensemble piece. So to be a series regular on, first of all, on Netflix, yay. We yeah. love Netflix. On a big ensemble, I knew it wasn't going to be like um, being Mariska Hargitay on SVU where you're working yeah, you know, it. and it's not a network show. You're not doing 22 yeah. episodes. I was like, 10, 13 episodes, sign me up in Marin County, California. Okay, bye. So it yeah. was. It, it's great. It's, it's been lovely. It's been lovely. No No regrets at all. What, what's next for you? What is next for me? I am supposed to be doing a film in starting August 3rd in um, Columbus, Ohio. It's a really, really fun and cool indie. Um, should I say it? called? When, when is wait, wait, yeah. wait. Which one is it? Which, what is it about? It's called They, Them, Us. It's a romantic comedy.
0: Oh, I just went out for a movie that's shooting in Ohio. I was like, are we about to... <laughs>
1: really? What is, it? what is that one? Maybe we'll all be... My Mine was like a muscle building
0: competition. Oh,
1: I, I, um, I read that script.
0: For Sig and Steve? Yeah. Yeah. What's the,
1: what's the name of that script?
0: Uh, I can't even remember. But It's, it's kind of like
1: CD, uh, CD yeah, underworld yeah. kind of like. Gay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I read yeah, that script. Yeah. I kind of think that's a cool, that's a cool project. I liked that, um, that script a lot. And it's the, the guy, the, the guy who wrote it is, is starring in it.
0: Uh right. He the, the guy he the I guy think. who or something like that though the guy who's starring in it is producing it and some, yeah yeah some, something like yeah yeah,
1: so yeah yeah and by the way I love yeah. Sig and Steve they're great they cast me in um the Preppy Connection
0: Sig and Sig and Steve are 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 the best guys in the world to me they're Steve. Sig Sig Day Miguel Steve Vincent you yeah. changed my life I love you guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna send them this clip.
1: <laughs> you, yeah, I mean if they're if they keep bringing you in and they're doing things, you know, oh, if they're, they they're feeling you, you're doing something right, you know.
0: Um, oh, and and, and, we're, and they're also friends. Like I, yeah, I, you know, I love those guys. I, I love, love it. Capable. Good to know. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Well,
0: we gotta grab coffee and continue this because I feel like I could go for hours. Absolutely,
1: yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wait. Wait. I forget. So I'm spacing out. I think I wanted to say something, but my brain isn't functioning anymore. I'm sorry. Uh, um, total ships.
0: Uh, yeah. you're doing a Columbus movie August third.
1: Oh yeah. So I'm supposed to be doing. That's right. I'm supposed to be doing this indie um, August third, which I'm really excited about. It's like it's lighter. It's a romantic, like a blended family romantic comedy, which I really feels fun and. Um, and um but here's the, the the big question mark is with the new protocols, the coronavirus protocols, are we going to be yeah. able to kind of get it done? But I'm re- I'm, I'm actually really um grateful and, and kind of excited to see how the 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 filmmakers and the producers are um kind of getting their act together and kind of making sure, you know, they're following along and figuring it out and planning. And it's because it's not it's not they're not easy hurdles to get over to make a safe, a safe set in the times of Corona. Yeah. Um, it's expensive. It's complicated. And they're, they're really trying to trying to nail it. So we'll see, but I, I, I'm, I'm, optim- I'm optimistic. I'm F- optimistic.
0: Final question. You know, as, as someone who's had such an amazing career and as at recently, what hold on, here comes Fred. Oh, is it? Hi, Fred. Come here, Fred. Please. Oh, is that a lab? Yeah. Oh, we gotta, we gotta have a dog gate.
1: We got to have a dog date. Maybe yeah. he wants to go out. He's like, mommy, why are you talking to the computer again? <laughs> uh, so what's your final question?
0: So for, for all those actors out there that, you know, either are, you know, the young Amy or, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the just had the kid. Like, the old Amy. The ones, no, the, you still look 18. <laughs> um, what, what would you say for people that are like, you know, either just got dropped or don't have an agent or just yeah. trying, to, trying to figure this out and are, have no idea? Yeah.
1: I think that something that has helped me um, throughout all of it has been to um, really find and um, and cultivate a creative community that uh, is positive for you. Whatever, however that whoever, however that takes shape for you. So for me in particular, it's been a part of that. Has been the, the people I love at the Barrow Group actors yeah. and actresses and creators who I've known on, you know, some of them for, for years and years and years, but then also like this community of the actors you bump into at auditions, you know, remember, remember auditions, um, we're yeah. being in the room with people, you know, um, yeah. I met. Some- Rest in peace. <laughs> yeah, and we, yeah. We have, we have, um, we can like lift each other up or take each other down. And I feel like I've always tried to kind of like bring, up other people that I know in the industry, just in terms of like being positive. And it's hard because it's a competition for a lot of people. Um, but um, I would say gravitate towards those creative people that you, that, that lift you up and, um, and inspire you. So, and that, that's kind of helped me get through the, the the tough times.
0: That's amazing. Well, Amy, thank you so much for coming on and, and, and let's do it again. And let's hang out it. soon. And I got so much love for you.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. This was really fun. Keep me posted. Yeah,
0: this was a blast. I will. And it's going to go live on Thursday and have Thank fun you. with your dad.
1: I will. Thank you. I'm going to All take right. now. Yeah. Okay. All right. Bye. So
0: much love. All right. Thanks, Bye. Bye. If you like the show, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.